0: You're listening to the Heart Centered Service Podcast, a podcast to help freelancers create the lifestyle of their dreams while doing work that brings them purpose. I'm your host, Francesca Mamlin, and I'm your other host, Krista Aoki. Each week, we'll release new episodes with tips and personal stories for online service based entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome to episode 19 of Heart Centered Service. In this episode, we're talking about how you can price your freelancing services for profit and make sure that you are always getting paid for the work that you do. This is the last episode of the Money Series and so far we've talked about how to manage your business finances and how to reinvest your profit back into your business. And as a freelancer, you are responsible for making sure that you're bringing in enough money to pay yourself, pay the government, and then have profit left over to invest in the growth of your business. So this all starts with pricing and um, how do you price your services for profit? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode, as well as how you can ensure that you're always getting payment for the services that you do. So... Let's dive into this week's episode. Are you ready, Krista?
0: Yeah, I'm super ready. So first, we're going to be talking about pricing for profit. And at first, this topic just really intimidated me. I am not the most confident when it comes to establishing prices. Um, But Fran, I know that you are just like, I have always been really confident. I've always admired how you just... You understand that if someone's trying to negotiate your rates, you would just make up the money um, in a like in a future way. Working with someone who respects your pricing, yeah. So I really respect that about you, and so I'm excited to talk about this.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I I really haven't always been that way. I actually I had to get that way after you know experiencing the other side of it when I first started my business. I was it's embarrassing how little I was charging for my rates because as you guys know, I came from theater and it's kind of typical in theater to accept like really, really low pay for a lot of work. So I brought that mentality into my business and then I had to, I very quickly learned that that is not the way that you should be running things. You you know? Um, so yeah, when it comes to pricing for profit, it's important to be aware of the industry standard, um, in terms of like pricing your services, like, um, Industry standard means like, what did people normally price for the kind of services you're doing? It's important to be aware of like, what your audience would pay based on their demographic and stuff. Um, yeah, but at the same time, you, you really can't base your pricing on other people You're, when it comes to pricing your services it has to start with your needs so how much money do you need to bring in every month and how many clients can you handle each month that's really where you need to be starting because honestly like when it comes to like um when it comes to pricing like you can always add value Um, To meet the kind of income that you want to be bringing in every month and there's always a client out there Who's willing to pay those premium prices for really high quality work because you are providing really high quality work so Once you've figured out how much money you need to be paying yourself and how many clients you need to take on um, You need to figure out how you're then going to cover your taxes and business expenses Um, so you're setting your goals based on like being able to pay yourself a salary plus covering all of that. Um, I know it sounds really complicated, but we're going to get into it. Um, so yeah. And then you're also going to want to set a goal for how much profit you want to be setting aside, um, after you've paid all of that stuff. Um, your profit goal can be small if you're just starting out, but, um, like you want to have money left over. You want to have a cushion. So those are the things that you really want to be focused on.
0: Yeah, and just circling back to what kind of salary you want to be making. So after you decide what the salary is that you personally want to pay yourself. Um, so I actually, <laughs> I made a spreadsheet called the freelance income and expense sidekick. I just redid this spreadsheet. Um, it was like a free income and goals tracker before whatever, but it's an income and expense sidekick for freelancers. Um, so after you decide your salary goal for the year, then you know how much you need to make every month and every week on average. Uh, But the reality is, right, like we have expenses to pay, office space, technology, software. So um, our sidekick spreadsheet um, will then estimate your taxes for you. So if you oversave for taxes, then that's a little bonus on your end. Um, Basically, it takes all of these numbers, your salary your annual salary goal um your estimated expenses it does the math for taxes for you and then um you kind of just have an idea of like how you can base your prices. I really like how Fran, you were talking about, how much do, uh, like asking yourself, how much do I need to bring in and how many clients can I handle? So um, yeah, like we can add into the income and expense sidekick, like a little section for um, people to, um, well, there is a a little section for people to just like have their different sources of income or like, it just basically, it does all the math for you. It's super, super, um, super, super helpful. I was actually playing with it earlier today. So, um, we'll put it in the show notes. So if you just go to heartcenteredservice.co backslash one nine heartcenteredservice.co backslash 19, um, then you can download our freelance income and expense psychic.
1: I love that. I love how obsessed you are with spreadsheets. She made this really um, kick-ass spreadsheet for all of our podcast analytics, which is featured in all of our CEO reports now. Um, Yeah, and it's great that we're able to offer this to the audience because if you're just getting your business started, or if you've never actually sat down to think about the the kind of money that you want to be making, it's this is really square one. Like you have to sit down and be like, okay, like how much money do I need to be bringing in? Um, How much do I need to pay myself? You really have to sit down and like crunch those numbers so that you can confidently um, set your prices and ask for the kind of payment that you um, are going to ask for from your clients. Um, So that's really good. If you've, and if you also, if you're just getting your business started, there's this book called Profit First. I really wish I would have read it when I was first starting my business. It's, um, it's basically a process for organizing your business finances that like focuses on paying the business owner first before everything else because you know like you're building this business and you're putting all the work in so why would you not take a salary like there there needs to the, the shift the focus needs to shift with entrepreneurs to like that should be the first priority on the list I think that the um like the narrative for entrepreneurship in the past before the online business world has been like, you go to investors and like you spend like a year building this business and like it's going to take forever before you're able to cut yourself a paycheck. That's really not the reality anymore. Like you should be making money from, from day one really, because it's it's your work. So that's my rant.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so how do you recommend people get paid? So
1: once you have figured out um, the kind of money that you need to be bringing into your business and figured out what kind of pricing you're going to put on your services, then this comes then you come to the part where you have to actually ask for the client for the money and collect it, which for a lot of business owners, this is the hard part um particularly if you are new to business this is where the imposter syndrome comes in this is where a lot of the money mindset stuff comes in um so yeah first and foremost when it comes to this um don't negotiate your prices so like <laughs> you're going like you might end up in a situation where you're on the phone with a potential client and you let them know what your rates are and they might not be able to afford you or they might not be willing to pay those rates and you know that's going to happen and i just say don't negotiate your rates like it would be like to me it would be like going into target and trying to like barter from target like no like these are the prices and you pay those prices um and when you think about like more established service service providers like lawyers or accountants or um you know uh like interior designers, people who are really established, you don't barter with those people either. And you're no different from them. So yeah, don't negotiate.
0: Yeah, I actually saw this cheeky comment on Twitter today um, about clients who asked like, oh, so do you work for free? <laughs> and the response was no, do you? So same thing, right? Like, oh, can you like give me a lower rate? Um, the response, like, no, can you like, you know, just give them, you know, like it's cheeky. Um, (laughs) but it, it just puts into perspective, like, yes, we're in this business for business. And so everyone should be professional on both sides. And that includes respecting, um, respecting your rates and saying yes to clients who respect your rates.
1: Yeah. I've actually been asked that by a potential coaching client. Like she thought that I coached people for free. <laughs> I was like, um, no, it's way different from free. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's just something that happens. Hopefully um, this will change as time goes by, as online business becomes more prevalent. But for some reason, um, when it comes to working online, people just think that pricing is something that's negotiable. And I think one of the first ways that we can start to combat that is to um, empower people like our podcast listeners and people who follow us to stand really strong in the value that they bring to the world through their business and not budge on those prices. Because if you... Um, take on a client for a rate that's cheaper than you would normally charge. Then you're messing up that whole pricing plan that you set up when you were starting your business, and then you're gonna have to take on more work in order to make up for the client that you've lowered your rates for. And that does a service to, that does a disservice to everybody that you are working with. So think about it that way. Um, and try to remember that we live in an abundant world. Um, and there's always going to be somebody who's willing to pay what you are worth. And turning down those clients that aren't willing to pay your prices, that's just leaving the opportunity open for somebody better to come in.
0: And I think there can also be value apart from from money. So it's also, I think it's also important to, yes, sure, like we obviously have to get paid because we live in a capitalist economy um, but there is other there is another way to like gauge value for example I do a lot of work for agencies and though although the rates are lower than what I normally charge I see, additional value. Like one, I get to learn from the agency based on like, like I get that sounding board from the agency. And two, I don't have to worry about like marketing to clients and, and jumping on client calls and client sales. Um, I'm just like given the work. And so, um, for some, for, for everyone to, um, you can consider the different types of value that you would get from a project. I think it is better definitely um, that there's money on the table as opposed to working for free in 99% of cases.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I, I've done agency work as well. Um, I worked for a copywriting agency for like almost a year And it, it allowed me to turn down like lower quality contracts that I would have otherwise just had to do. Um, So I highly recommend agency work um, if you're, if you're starting out or even if you're not starting out and you're, and you're looking to like bring more money into your business. I love those models because even though they, you have to kind of go with the rates they're willing to pay you, they're, they give you consistent work because they've got a lot, their agencies because they have a lot of work to give out to their people. So yeah, that's a good option. Um, So yeah, when it comes to actually collecting payment, um, there's a few things that I've had to learn the hard way. Um, First and foremost is always get payment before a project starts. I have been in bad situations where I have been, like I've had thousands of dollars that people have owed me and I've had, it was, it, it was a real headache getting them to actually pay me. So I'm really strict about getting at least some payment upfront. Um, I am flexible. If somebody asks for a payment plan, like I'm understanding that's that I I'll do it. Um, but I only do it if they ask for it. And I always try to get, um, I always try to get all of the money by the time I'm at least halfway through the project. I don't like to be finishing a project and then worrying about like, okay, like, are, are they going to pay me? Or like, I, I like to have that out of the way before I even start. Um, and I think that's a really valid thing for freelancers to ask for, because I think that sometimes you'll you'll get a client who will want to pay you when the project is over. And like, again, like I go back to those more established freelancers like lawyers accountants um like I don't know why I keep thinking of interior designers but I'm like picturing an interior designer in her like office space downtown or something I don't know those people would not um they would not accept payments after a project like you you don't like it's it's just not how it works um and when it comes to like buying products like you don't pay for a product after you bring it home um you you know you have to expect your clients to put that kind of trust in you to just give you your money up front um, before you start the work.
0: Yes, at least, at at least what you're saying to like establishing a payment plan where you take a deposit and the client is like in financially and they're committed financially.
1: Mm -hmm. And when you're having these conversations, again, like, I have so much to say because I have made pretty much every mistake when it comes to this. Um, When you're asking for, you know, when you're when you're like standing strong in your pricing, when you're collecting payment up front, when you're having these discussions with a potential client, it's really important to be confident um, and firm when you have these conversations, because if you are, like, sitting there on a, on a call, and you're, like, oh, well, like, I'd prefer if you did this, or if you, like, budge on some of this stuff, like, that, like, I, I I hate to, like, um, think so negatively about humans, but, like, I feel like if you give them a little bit of leeway, then they're going to start to walk all over you. And money in general for a lot of people can be a really difficult topic to talk about. Um, That's what I've been finding with people that I've coached is that um, asking for money is one of the hardest parts. So it's just, it's, you kind of have to fake it till you make it like act confident um, when you're on those first couple of calls. And then like the real confidence will eventually set in.
0: And one thing that will help too is having a contract beforehand that clearly states payment terms so that you know, before you're walking into this phone conversation, like even if the client hasn't reviewed it or signed, you know, what's like in your contract. So you can tell the client, you can educate the client. This is how, this is how I handle um, payment and money up front. And so then um, you are more confident because it's already laid out there. It's already written. You already know, and you don't have to like scramble for, for that confidence on the call.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that you should, there should always be a contract between you and the client, no matter how, you know, big or small the project is, because then you have it in writing, what you have, what you two have agreed on, and, um, and both of you have signed it, and I know that Dove Sato has a lot of really cool template contracts. That's actually what I use for my contracts, Um, and then there's a lot of lawyers out there who sell templates online. I think we have mentioned them in a few episodes. Um, I think in the future, we might actually have a lawyer on the podcast to talk more about this stuff, Um, because you do have to be careful when it comes to contracts, because, like, there's legal things that you have to be aware of. Um, we're not lawyers, so we can't really advise you on how to write one. But it is incredibly important to have one, even if it's like one of those basic dub auto contracts. At least you have something.
0: Yeah, definitely. A contract will really help, um, especially when clients bring up money later, because money doesn't just come like during the onboarding process. It's a topic that can be brought up like later on. And so you'll have the contract to fall back on um, and refer to when it is brought up later.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I guess the last thing that I want to kind of say about this topic is that don't ever let anyone shame you about your rates. Um, I've never personally experienced this before with like potential clients, but sometimes I've experienced it with people who are like not um, involved in my business. Um, That's just them projecting their money stories onto you. It has nothing to do with you, has everything to do with them and their relationship with money and it has nothing to do with like the, about your actual pricing.
0: Oh, totally. That's a really good point as well. Um, So it's really important to look into yourself, like really look and uh, ask yourself, like, what do I want to stand for? What how do I want to get paid? what way of getting paid is going to make me happy? Like actually ask yourself this, don't just listen to us say it and nod your head and like <laughs> just go on with your life. Actually ask you, how do I want to get paid? How do I want, um, how do I want my business to run professionally? And then, and then do it, like be true to yourself and like stand your ground and be confident. Because, yeah, you you really deserve to get paid and you deserve to get paid in a fair way.
1: The reason that we start working for ourselves is so that we can um, create freedom for ourselves. and a big part of that freedom is making The money that you want to make and getting paid in the way that you want to be paid. So yeah, it's perfectly okay to have those desires and to ask for what you need. Um, I'm particularly talking to you if you happen to be female, because we're going to do a podcast episode on this at some point, but I read a statistic once. um, I'll have to like, fact check it, but there it's something really shocking. Like out of all of the small businesses in the United States that make a hundred thousand dollars a year or more, only about 1% of those are owned by women. So the gender gap when it comes to freelancing is so much more profound than like you know, women who work in corporate jobs. So we need to start standing up for ourselves and standing standing in our power um, as female business owners. And if you're a male you deserve all of the money too because there's enough for all of us.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely. But yeah. And (laughs) I love how you're um, really going for gender equal here, friend. (laughs) That's fab. But it is, it's really a great point to bring up because um, I think that women need to hear like you deserve to be paid more and you deserve to ask for this money. Um, And so that's why anyone listening, you should be thinking about like raising your prices or working towards raising your prices, which is what we're going to talk about next. So friend, what, what do you have to say about raising prices as a freelancer?
1: Yeah. So as you get more experienced, um, more refined in what you do, um, naturally, like as you progress um, in your business, you're going to be worth more money. Um, And this is a, a really intuitive thing, like you kind of have to feel into, like, okay, um, I feel like I might be, I might be at a point where this this service needs to be priced a little bit higher. Maybe there's things that you want to start adding to your freelancing services. It really depends on your business, like when and how you start to raise your prices. Maybe your, um, maybe your financial situation changes or your income goals change, which is cool. All of those reasons are perfectly valid, and it's totally normal and totally okay to like go to existing clients and being like, okay, so these circumstances are different now and now I'm going to charge more money for what I do. Um, The only, what you really have to worry about is um, communicating to your existing existing clients very clearly, um, giving them uh, a timeline for when the pricing is actually gonna change. And then again, being very confident and very firm and um like this can be really difficult especially if it's a long-term relationship like you might be worried that they're going to walk away um like honestly like some clients might actually walk away if your rates are going up significantly and this is when you really have to be confident and in where your business is going and in your value and um yeah just understanding that sometimes um, relationships might end or change as businesses grow. So, um, and that's perfectly normal and perfectly okay. And a lot of clients might actually surprise you by being like, oh yeah, good for you. Like, um, you know, and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I'm really a big fan of thinking about how you can add value and then being able to communicate it. And so you hear this all the time, right? Like, okay, if you... If you're raising your prices, then add value. Um, but like, okay, how are you going to do that, fam? Well, talk to your clients. Talk to your dream clients. Talk to your potential potential clients, get them on a freaking coffee chat or stalk them. I actually stalked a dream client today and I, (laughs) okay, so we don't have to talk about that, but yes, or stalk them. Um, And then listen to what they need, be in tune to what they need and what they're looking for. And then how can your service, how can what you do, um, how can you build that around what they're looking for? Um, Because remember, sure you're providing a service you're doing a service but even though you're providing a service you're also providing a solution people are buying the solution like everyone has this pain point right everyone has this thing that they don't want to do or focus on um a problem right they want the solution for that problem they don't want the service for that problem they want the solution (laughs) um so that and like really being in tune to that and paying attention to to what your clients want or need because they really might not know what they want like Fran I know I've talked to you before about like okay so um what's what's like the what's the gap between um like you in purchasing a designer um and i picked your brain about this before like some people just don't know like what exactly they want like for example um you might not know like all of the bells and whistles uh for like a website (laughs) right uh for that fits your needs like if someone doesn't yeah like you might not know like everything that you need so just imagine your clients like might not know like this amazing, this amazing solution that you're providing. They might not know like all of what you can do for them. So think about like, how can you communicate how transforming this solution that you're offering is like that is going to help you raise your rate. Yeah. And this
1: is like, um, this kind of goes back to you all, you have to be basically in your dream client's head. Like you have to know what they're thinking before they even think it. Um, That's how you really bring in those high paying clients. And that's how you're able to justify those premium prices is by knowing exactly what they need, even if the client isn't totally aware of it. With copywriting and with marketing, like we have those levels of awareness Um, and your, your dream client could be on any of the levels of awareness from like completely unaware to like being problem aware, like knowing they have a problem, but not knowing a solution exists to being, um, solution aware and being very aware that like you are what they need. Um, and they could fall on any, any place in that spectrum from being really unaware to really aware. So it's important to know exactly where they're at and where they're coming from, um, Because really what people want out of you is they're looking for a solution, but they also really want to be deeply seen and deeply understood Um, because this is a one-on-one service. Like you are providing a person-to-person service. Um, And I think it's a little bit more so with our industry than like with product-based businesses. Like you just have to have that really deep level of understanding. Um, and when you're able to build that between you and a, and a dream client, that's when they're going to have no problem really paying for what you do because my business coach always says, um, people pay for what they value. Um, and like we've said on the podcast before, like I can't afford it. It's just a story. If, if you really, really value something, you're always going to find a way to make it happen. And that, that goes for your dream clients as well. Like they pay, they're probably paying like $600 for, you know, their iPhone. They've paid thousands of dollars for their computer. Um, So like, yeah, (laughs) they pay, people pay for what they value.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, Fran, you and I have both stayed at co-living spaces, even though staying at a co-living space might be like more expensive than um, staying like in, an apartment, right? Um, I'm actually in a co-living space right now, but this co-living space is providing things that I value, <laughs> and so um, you really have to you really have to put these perspectives of things that you purchase, IRL. Into like into your pri- the pricing discussion that you have with yourself, right? Like because hello everyone, everyone is buying something. We all consume. Um, we we're all a part of this capitalist economy. So what are you buying? Because that is that that speaks to what you value, right? Like so, how can you bring these things like not negotiating for? Um, for that cup of coffee, you know, like whoever negotiates for a cup of coffee of anything you're tipping in addition to what you're paying, right? Um, How can you bring these like purchases that you're making every day into the discussion that you have with yourself about pricing?
1: Yeah, it's really important to watch yourself as a consumer to really kind of drive this home. Um, Pay attention to why you're buying the things that you're buying and you know after a while of that of observing yourself you'll notice that you know most of the things that you actually purchase can be a bit frivolous which like that's you know there's no shame around that but it's just yeah like you're 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 buying these things because you value them um because honestly like the only things that we really need are like food shelter and you know and who is who's out there spending their money on only that stuff nobody (laughs) that's you know that's just not the world that we live in so yeah again people pay for what they value so um just remember
0: that Totally. And I hope you can walk away from today with the confidence to set payment terms for yourself that you are going to stand behind. And not only that, but if you're raising your rates, then I hope that you have that confidence to figure out how you can communicate this value to your clients. And don't forget, we're giving you access to our freelance income and expense sidekick so that you can um type in your, you know, like your dream salary or the salary that you want to be making or the salary that you're just fine with making this year. You can play around with it. And then, um, yeah, so we're giving you access to that. Head to heartcenteredservice.co backslash 19, that's one nine um, to download your income and expense sidekick. Cool, yeah, so grab that
1: and We hope you have a great week. And next week, we will be back in here with... This is actually the last episode of the Money series. So next week,
0: we're
1: going to be in here with a interview with our friend Vern so you've got that to look forward to I'm definitely looking forward to recording that because Vern is he's the guy that we mentioned in the podcast who rejects questions if he thinks they're too boring so if we email this is <laughs> be a great conversation
0: <laughs> oh definitely I'm so excited um and thanks for listening everyone
1: yeah have a great week and talk to you later Bye. aloha